0: It's, it's only game why you have to be mad
1: just the same old browns
0: you know bro wrong,
2: I
1: think that was textbook top cheese Cleveland this is for you from the best that Ohio sports has to offer to the best of the Akron Zips now it's time for SPT ladies and gentlemen From Northeast Ohio and beyond, this is the best sports talk show there is, was, and ever will be. This is Sports Power Talk live from the University of Akron. My name is Jake Marin, and as always, I'm not only your host for today's show, but I'm also your favorite Baker Mayfield supporter. Joining me today are two of my fantastic analysts, especially for a show like today first he is on for the second week in a row he is one of the best football minds i know he is matt permuka good morning akron jake how you doing doing good I'm, I'm excited for the day you excited for the day i am very excited for the day i think we're gonna get along better today i
2: do too because jake isn't a nick chubb jersey today orange looks way better on you man i gotta say I really compliments your beard
1: i appreciate you man i appreciate you oh, wearing the miles garrett of course he's,
2: he's gonna break the sack record today franchise Hopefully. sack
1: record yeah, hopefully that will be the case. And my second analyst, he is one of the most entertaining members of WZIP Sports. You know him for his widow teams
0: of all sports. It is Marcus Anderson. What's up, with it? And what jersey are you wearing, Marcus? I'm wearing a Rams jersey. as a classic Eric Dickerson. Uh, 1984, the year he set the all-time rushing record, 2,105 yards. Rams got to bounce back today, by the way. that was That's one of the coolest jerseys I've ever seen. Every time nice, I'm on man. with
2: you, like the first time I was on with you, you had like a throwback tie law. Yeah. I forget what you were wearing the other time, and now you have throwback Eric Dickerson.
0: It's like, oh, my gosh. Oh, yeah, dude, you already just, know my favorite football player of all time, it, yeah, him and Barry Sanders. just It's it's incredible Barry. the
2: collection you have. It really is one of my favorite parts about working with you. It's just what's he going to wear this week? Thanks, man. I
1: yeah. <laughs> hey, love to see the NFL jerseys because it is NFL season. The NFL. NFL was back last week, and we're rolling on this week with week two of the National Football League. Rather than just half an hour that you got last week, we will be talking about the NFL for the last hour of today's show. We'll recap week one, talk about our 1-0 Cleveland Browns, and of course, end by talking about every single matchup and picking every single matchup for week two. Right before we discuss all things NFL, we'll talk about the MLB as our Cleveland Guardians remain a top, the AL Central. Of course, it's a three-team pennant race, so we'll break down the remaining three weeks of the regular season for the Guards, Twins, and White Sox before answering your hot mic questions as well. But first, we'll kick off today's program by talking about week three of college football. We'll do winners and losers in a matter of moments, but... Let's talk about our very own Akron Zips and their game yesterday against 15th-ranked Tennessee. And Guys, we lost 63-6, to six, which comes after losing last week to Michigan State, 52-0. The Volunteers scored 14 or more points in every quarter. Jalen Hyatt for the Tennessee Volunteers only caught five passes, but two were for touchdowns and collected 166 receiving yards along the way. What did you guys think overall of the Volunteers Zips game yesterday?
2: I'm mad at you for making me relive this because that wasn't fun last night. That was, nah, no
1: bueno, no bueno. It really wasn't fun. And, you know, I mentioned it 52 0, then 63 6. It seems like MAC play can't come soon enough. Marcus, what did you think of the Zips game?
0: I mean, it's just what I expected. I mean, look at the bright side: as million dollars going to our school. I mean, <laughs> I mean more scholarship opportunities and more. And I mean, it is it, we all falling back on our finance? So we really needed that game. So, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah, you're right. <laughs> that's the bright side about it. But it was just as expected. <laughs> yeah, for sure. For me, you
1: know, Akron was penalized a lot and looked undisciplined out there too. Uh, offsides and pass interference on defense, false starts and holding on the offense. We also had to call two timeouts on offense in the first quarter. I knew that Tennessee had that stacked crowd, but at the same time, uh, good football teams shouldn't have to do that. And unfortunately, I think the Akron Zips are just not a good football team right now. Let's talk about some performances in the game. Starting with DJ Irons. DJ Irons last week, of course, he left with that injury. Came back this week, went 32 for 44 and threw 241 yards. What did you guys think of Irons' performance last night? Uh, first off, I was I was surprised
2: he was back so soon. I, when I watched that injury last week, I was you know holding my breath and I was very prepared for the worst. So to see him out there last night. Great job, DJ. Hope you're feeling a lot better, man, because you're you're one of the lone bright spots on this team that gives me hope. You know, he was very efficient last night. I think, what, 73% completion percentage. You know, a, a rare spot of efficiency on this otherwise uh, weak Akron Zips offense. So,
1: Yeah, absolutely. DJ Irons, it was great to see him back out there. And like you said, we hope he's doing okay. But he did take some hits last night and got back right up from them. Marcus, what do you think of Irons?
0: Uh, Irons, he did a pretty good job. I mean, went thirty-two, uh, forty-three, three hundred over three hundred fifty yards passing. I mean, it was still a decent day for him. Uh, he and I give a props to that like playing with the injury, playing playing hurt throughout the whole game, and especially against an SEC opponent. I mean, like I mean it's. Given more pounds are coming out of that game alive, I mean, yeah, yeah. That, that took some cojones
2: yeah. to uh, come in off an injury against an a, a ranked SEC team and just stand in there and just not care. Yeah, so overall, you I'll know? say a
0: great day for him. Him and Shockey John Louise, uh, he went for 175 yards through. I mean, Pat, I mean, receiving with like nine catches. So yeah, those are only two bright spots on the team as of right now.
1: Yeah, Shockey Jacques-Louis, he had a tough week against Michigan State. Bounced back yesterday with nine catches and 103 yards. And something I'd like to add as well, it's hard not to put up a good stat line when you have over 35 minutes of possession in one game, especially when a lot of those minutes are in garbage time. So seeing that, you know, D.J. Irons didn't have any uh interceptions and unfortunately didn't have a touchdown, but throwing over 240, having a good completion percentage, not too surprising there. Unfortunately, we was only able to put up six points on the board. But what I boiled that down to at least is the running backs in the offensive line. The running backs only 22 rushing yards last week against Michigan State. This week, five different players had rushing yards, but combined for 35 yards. The offensive line, terrible as always. There was a drive in the third quarter where Irons was sacked three times in a row. Easily the worst part and weakest part of the Akron Zips football team this year. What do you guys think of our running game, the lack thereof, our running game, and our offensive line that just leaves so much to be desired?
2: You got to hope that improves. And I don't know how it could get much worse than what it is. So, I mean, you can only go up from here unless you quite literally can't rush the ball for 35 yards a game. If you can't rush the ball for 35 yards a game, something has gone terribly wrong, and you need to reevaluate everything you are doing within the program. You know, it's, it's really unfortunate to just watch DJ Irons just get obliterated every drop back because every drop back you're holding your breath it's like okay just get the ball off can you get the ball off and then if he can it's probably a completion but if he can it's like okay is he gonna stay down again please get up dj one of those situations
0: this yeah. sure makes me wish that we still had tion dollar it makes me miss him a lot more now but without running game i mean there's no chance of us just winning another game for the rest of the year honestly
1: yeah, Cam Wiley looked good in that first game against St. Francis has been uh, pretty absent the last couple of weeks in our games against Michigan State and Tennessee. But moving it forward, and you know, maybe our only highlights on that game yesterday against volunteers were on special teams. If you missed that play, our punter Noah Getman faked out that defender.
2: I saw that. Pat oh, McAfee yeah. tweeted something about that, I yeah, think. Yeah, that was That was, that slick. was, that was that pretty was slick. slick. <laughs> and
1: then uh, Noah Perez hit his first career field goal from 35 yards and was 2 for 2 on field goals in the game so good for him but those were the only six points we scored the opponent scored 62 points so nothing really to take away from that really but moving on forward next week at 6 p.m we go on the road once again to play liberty who is two and one the flames are two and one after beating southern miss and ot in week one 29 to 27 they beat uab 21 to 14 in week two and they lost to 19th ranked wake forest yesterday in a very competitive contest 37 to 36. So what are you guys looking out for next week against Liberty? And ultimately, who are you going with? So my key, my, uh, what, what I'm expecting, uh, collect your check,
2: come out of there healthy and just pray that Mac play happens as soon as possible. Cause I, I don't think we win this game. I really don't. I mean, Liberty gave wake forest a run for their money yesterday. And I don't really see how we can compete with that roster.
1: Yeah, I completely agree. This feels like a game where the Zips could get back on track. Of course, our only win came in our first game against St. Francis in overtime, but that was week 1. Akron, you know, even in defeat has shown glimpses of great football against a ranked team without getting blown out, but you know, Liberty, Liberty is the team that competed with a ranked team yesterday in Wake Forest and gave them a run for their money. I can't wait for Mac play, but I got to say that Akron's going to fall to Liberty, and I'll go with 45-17 as my final score. Marcus, what do you think next week looks like in terms of these Zips going on the road? To take on the Liberty Flames,
0: uh, just like Matt say another pay big payday for us, but another big loss for us. I mean, Liberty, if they would won that game, if they would beat Wake Forest, that would make them three and zero. Would put him in the top twenty five. I think it's about time for them to get big promotions from as the NCAA move him up to the Power Five, or move them up to the <laughs> MAC and take us down <laughs> oh, to the FCS. Don't demote us. <laughs> I know. I-, I got buddies on the team. I mean that. Uh, I still uh, love uh, you. <laughs> But, I mean, it looks like another big loss
2: for us. Can we just score an offensive touchdown? Because we haven't scored a TD since the St. Francis game. So that's what I want to see. I want to see us cross the goal line just once.
1: Yeah, just once would be nice. Whether that's DJ Irons through the air or who knows who would run it. But somebody, get in the end zone. As
2: long as the the men in the striped shirts throw their arms up. Just once for the Zips, I'll be happy.
1: Yeah, for our team and not the other team, you're right there. Uh, so that would put us at 1-3 and three if we lose to Liberty. And I miss the days where Logan Congrove thought the Akron Zips were going to go 8-4 and four this season.
2: Yeah, I, I i don't know what he was thinking. Uh, I love the blind optimism, but when you're actually living in the reality where the blind optimism is not real... Kind of hurts. Maybe we yeah, should just take off does. this
0: whole football program. It just saves the school a lot of money. Just dismantle this. Is this there's, no, there's no point of having this, man, if it's not going to get any better. Oh, that's, man, that's rough. I know. I, know. I, I, I sure have even worse because I do got buddies on the football team. Bubba, I yeah. still so love you, man. You're <laughs> you know, so great. Boy. You know how you fix this? Bring back the rubber bowl. That's how you fix this. Who
2: doesn't want to play a football game right under 241? I know I would certainly love to be there. I sure miss that,
0: yes.
1: Yeah, that would be great. And we're being really critical, but we have to say we are coming off of two tough games against ranked opponents. Hopefully the road gets easier along the way this season. Liberty, it's not going to be an easy contest next weekend, but after that we do start conference play, and hopefully the Zips can pick up a couple of wins. Hopefully to end the season, and you know at least we have basketball. You know at least
0: we have the men's basketball uh, team. At least the at Rockets was giving O State a little bit of a fight. <laughs> Oh, boy. Yeah, maybe the first quarter. Yes. You can't say they were getting Ohio State a
1: fight with the final score of 77.
0: Yeah, that's not much of a
1: fight. I mean, they had some good offensive plays here and there, but other than that, it was all Ohio State. And we'll maybe get to that here because it is time for my favorite segment in terms of college football every single week. It's time for winners and losers of week three of the college football season. Marcus, I want to hear from you first. Give me a winner. Do you have Ohio State or maybe some other winners in mind?
0: Oh, oh my winner is Georgia, and my winner is, um, winner is Georgia, Texas A.M. No, Texas A.M. is my winner for this for this week because, I mean, for them to bounce back from one of the biggest upsets last Saturday, I mean, usually teams will just still throw on a loss like that, and and they just dump the season, but not them. I mean, for I was rooting for Miami. I thought that you was gonna be back, but next day am they showed me otherwise. And my loser would be um, I'll say Arkansas, even though they won, it was against Missouri State. But it's college football only wacky happens, or either Michigan State, because for them to lose watched a Washington Pac twelve opponent and get upsetted real big, I mean, yeah.
1: Yeah, that game on the road at Washington. Interesting list there because I don't have either one or, or any combination of that for my winners and losers. Matt, I feel like we're going to have some correlation here, though, so give me your winners first.
2: My winner of the week is America's team, the Appalachian State Mountaineers absolutely beat, beating Troy on a 53-yard Hail Mary hook and ladder at the gun. That was absolutely insane. If they didn't lose that game to North Carolina right now, they'd be sitting three and zero and probably ranked. I just, I love seeing that little mountain town just get just. I love their celebration videos. It's my favorite
1: thing to see. Absolutely, they upset Texas A and M a week ago. They were down twenty eight twenty six to Troy with two seconds left in the game. You mentioned that absurd hail mary, hail mary pass to end the game and win the game for Appalachian State and Appalachian State. They're America's team right now.
2: Oh yes, definitely.
1: I think everybody has a stake in Appalachian State right now and everybody is actively rooting for this team to win as many games as they can this year and I absolutely love to see it out of Appalachian State. I have another winner though in mind and I'm going to go with not a team, but I'm going to go with Arch Manning. Ooh. Is Arch Manning? Oh did you guys yes see this?
2: Yes, I did. I know where you're going with this.
1: Texas, the Texas Longhorns spent $280,000 in 48 hours for his official visit to the school. According to ESPN, the money covered their rooms at the Four Seasons Austin, a photo shoot at DKR Texas Memorial Stadium, a trip to Driving Range Top Golf, multiple lavish meals, and a breakfast at the home of Coach Steve Sarkeesian. I mean, $280,000 in two days? That's absolutely absurd. Wow. I, that I mean, well, good for Arch Manning,
2: I guess. What well, I think that's like <laughs> six times like the median household income in America or something like that. Like <laughs> so, he made what the average and, it, and what the average American makes over 6 years or something like that. He I I don't get how can you spend that kind of money that fast in a recruiting effort? Yeah, well yeah. at the same time so you said it's like hotel rooms like how did you get him the penthouse at the Four Seasons? Like how do you how do you get almost $300,000 like what restaurants are you taking him to? Are you buying him like gold crusted steaks? Like yeah, I, how? Like,
0: now back in the day, that used to be illegal. You do something like that, like <laughs>
2: oh, it always happened like, through they the undergrounds
0: or yeah. Now they can they, they, now they can just report it. Uh, you
2: keep that through the download, but now college football is changing. I mean, <laughs> could you imagine like being like the athletic director that pitched that to the boosters? It's like hey, you know Peyton's nephew, just write us a blank check. And, they, and, and someone said okay. <laughs>
1: Yeah. I guess you could flip this as a loser as well. Quinn Ewers, man. He he probably doesn't like seeing this.
2: he' going to transfer again. Poor guy. He's going to go sign another million-dollar NIL deal. Poor guy. I mean, Texas aww. is desperate. That is a tough
1: start to your collegiate that career. That is true. If he has yeah. to transfer again. you know Texas is throwing everything they got and more at arch manning i have another winner and we mentioned them already the ohio state buckeyes crushed the toledo rockets last night 77 to 21 osu had 763 total yards 36 first downs and 11 touchdowns in the game and cj stroud putting his name right there in the heisman race 22 for 27 367 yards to the air and five touchdown passes had as many incompletions as as he did touchdowns in the game last night. Toledo did not put up a tough fight against Ohio State, Marcus. I don't know where you're getting that from.
0: It, it, it was a little bit. I said a little bit of a fight. It was 7-7 to seven for maybe like was, a minute and a half. It was a little bit of a fight because at first it was for a while. It was 28-14 to 14 for a while, and then say kicked in, so yeah. <laughs> yeah, they scored 28 oh, yeah. points in the first quarter, the Buckeyes I did. I mean, it was better than how we did. Absolutely, he scored
2: six points. Can we talk about Marvin Harrison Jr. though from last night? My gosh, he looked great. Almost like just like his daddy. No, I know. (laughs) And like so, my buddy Tyler, uh, he goes to Ohio State, and a couple weeks ago, we were texting, and he's like, you know, he's a big Jackson Smith and Jigba guy, and I'm like, dude, I promise you. Marvin Harrison will be looked at as the best receiver on that team by the end of this year. And he thought I was crazy. And I know Jackson Smith and was got an ankle injury. I hope he's doing better. But I I think that I, I, I can pull up that text right now. I I think my narrative's aging like a fine wine. I think Marvin Harrison Jr. just earned himself a big NFL payday this year.
1: Yeah, and you love to see oh, that CJ Stroud is spreading the ball last night as oh, well. Yeah. The offense was... So balanced in terms of running the ball, play action, even eye formation. And CJ Stroud was delivering it to everybody. I think Harrison Jr. had two touchdowns, Fleming had two touchdowns, Egbuka had two touchdowns. I mean, he was just spreading the ball very well. And like I said, more tu- or equal amount of touchdown passes, to incompletions. You love to see that out of the young quarterback CJ Stroud for the Buckeyes. Uh, before we get to losers, Matt, do you have any other winners for me? Any no, I just got my no winners. State. All right, losers. Go right ahead.
2: Uh the losers of this week are the actual college football fans that took time out of their Saturday to watch all of the noon slate of games. Because if you take away the Appalachian State game, all of all of the other games that were broadcast on the four letter network during the twelve o'clock time slot were decided by no less than thirty points blowouts across the board and people sat down and had to watch that and if you were one of those people i am sorry it is a bad day for the college football over nfl people it is a bad day for them bad day
1: yeah it was not a great slate of college football this past weekend and to see those scores i wasn't surprised by them but i was kind of disappointed because if you're a college football fan what what game are you tuning into? I guess, I guess Appalachian State. Like, I guess <laughs> I, mean, yeah. I guess
2: like your local university, and then like, but that's what I don't like about college football because the first three or four weeks out of the year before conference play, it's just these big schools bringing in small schools, you know, getting their tune-up games in, and then even when in, even when you get into conference play, it doesn't always create good matchups. So
1: yeah, absolutely. I'm the fan that. For example, you know, last week, last night Ohio State in Toledo. I'm a secondary Ohio State fan. Akron Zips number one, of course. Um, and It's 77 to 21. For me, as a fan, I'm an Ohio State fan, but I'm turning that game off. Maybe after 60 to 21. Yeah. To me, when it gets that much of a blowout, and when CJ Stroud is out of the game. I don't really care that much. Yeah, sorry, Kyle McCord. Right. You're not not getting our viewership. What does 63 to to 21 do for me? Not not much. I mean, I'll take 63 to 21. 77, sure, that was just the final score. When you get scores like
2: that, it's like when you're playing, like, NCAA, you just hit sim to end. Like, you don't want to watch, like, the last, like, seven minutes of football where there's just going to be, like, you know, run, play. Run play maybe a short pass on third and five. Run play run and the, it
0: it just gets annoying. I mean it's pretty much they probably just doing those schools a favor or those schools just doing its school a favor. You know what the you know how the athletic directors are of those oh, yeah. smaller schools. It's almost like that mayor in that movie Jaws. Uh, he knows there's sharks in the in the water, but he just sends them. Yep. He sends his citizens out in the water just for the money. You know I mean this is for money for the town. Who cares if they die i mean that's (laughs) we're getting paid are we if they (laughs) die
1: they die
0: so what they get humiliated we're getting paid (laughs) yes
1: i mean tc kathy had that amazing run in garbage time last night for the buckeyes marcus are you one of those fans that if you're a fan of a team and they're just demolishing the other opponent are you going to stick with them until the end or does it get to a point where hey i'm turning this off i'm going to watch a more competitive
0: game uh, I'll, I'll turn it off. I mean, I got other things to do than to sit through it, so yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm the same exact way. On to my losers for week three of college football. I have two of them. First, Nebraska. Nebraska, they fired their head coach, Scott Frost, after starting one and two. They named Mickey Joseph as their interim head coach, and they fell to one and three after getting crushed by Oklahoma yesterday, 49-14. to And to make it worse... As if it could get worse. Oh boy! They reportedly contacted Urban Meyer for their head
2: coach position.
0: No, they really did oh. that. Oh my god! Hey, goodness. look. As long as he
2: doesn't open a bar in the Nebraska college town, he should be okay. Yeah. But
0: they that's really the hope at desperate. least. That's
1: the hope. But
2: <laughs> that's really
1: good. Desperate. <laughs> All respect to Urban Meyer for his time at Ohio State, but after that, it's a slippery slope, man. Ah, uh, I don't know if I can.
2: Second, the respect to Urban Meyer after you know the uh, all the scandals well, he's been embarked right. on. I'm saying
1: during Ohio State.
2: Yeah, even then. Yeah, he, I know. There his was wide that, receivers there was coach. Yeah, no, 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 no. no. I'm, yeah.
1: Yeah. It's been a, a tough end to his career. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not I'm an Urban Meyer guy, if you can't tell. That's fair. Well, you're not even an Ohio State guy. No, so. but
2: like very anti-Urban Meyer. I mean, like I liked Ohio State more after they promoted Ryan Day.
1: Yeah, that's fair. I'm a big fan of Ryan Day as well. My second loser... Is the UCLA Bruins for their attendance yesterday. They're playing South Alabama yesterday at the Rose Bowl. Oh boy. Attendance was apparently low because the drive from UCLA to Pasadena isn't great. And apparently students at UCLA don't start school until next week. Wow. So lucky good them, for them. Lucky them. We're about to start week five here at the University of Akron. So good for you, UCLA. But I'm they're probably gonna go to school till what, the end of December? Yeah, probably I mean, close to Christmas. You know. I'd imagine. Um anyways regardless you know pictures of the stands are absolutely embarrassing.
2: Oh it's set. Did you see what Troy Aikman said about it? Yeah. Yeah, Troy Aikman said they need to put a 30,000 seat stadium on campus, but then he said even even if they do that, fans probably won't show up until they improve the quality on uh, on the football field. I my gosh, that was that was something.
1: Yeah, it really was. And to make it even worse, the scene in the UCLA locker room afterwards. Did you see that, Matt? I did not see that. What happened? The locker room afterwards. You would have thought the Bruins won the Rose Bowl, like the actual Rose Bowl against South Alabama. They were going insane in the locker room, throwing water bottles, dancing, going mad what? as if they just won What was the final? The the final, they beat South Alabama by one point. Oh boy. That's embarrassing. Oh As how, a person.
0: How mighty have fallen. You so celebrated like that all. Oh.
1: They beat South Alabama by one point in front of no fans and proceeded to go insane in the locker room. Maybe they were celebrating that that's, there were no witnesses to that uh-huh. abysmal yeah. performance. I'm gonna say that's my biggest loser for a week three of college football, and that will wrap up our college football discussion on today's show. Might come back up if you have any hot mic questions relating to college football. But when we return from break, baseball will be the subject as the Cleveland Guardians find themselves atop the AL Central in that three-team pennant race for the AL Central. Everybody has Guardians favor right now. We'll start with Player of the Week, get into our Guardians, and answer your questions on Hot Mic coming up next on Sports Power Talk 88.1 WZIP. What's going on, everyone? We are back with Sports Power Talk right here on WZIP. My name is Jake Murray, and I'm the host of your show today. And I am joined by Matt Bermuca. Good morning, Akron. And I am joined by Marcus Anderson. Back at it. And guys, it is my favorite segment as we are about to talk about the MLB and, more specifically, our Cleveland Guardians in a matter of seconds but first before we get to the Guardians we got to do our MLB player of the week segment where each of us picks one MLB player to feature for player of the week regardless of position of course could be for accomplishments on or off the field Matt you gave me a little teaser during the break you said it was a Guardians player I did it better be one Guardians player I have in mind
2: uh, I don't. I can't read your mind. I know every so often we like get our guardians takes equal like the same. More recently, yeah, but, yeah, I'm, yeah. But uh, my player of the week this week is pitcher Connor Pilkington, the Pilkman, ca- getting called up from Akron. He made two starts this week. In those two starts, he only allowed four hits overall, nine strikeouts through those two starts. And even last night, he pitched five and two thirds shutout innings until that eighth inning blunder.
1: So the pilk man is my player of the week. I mean I respect it, but at the end of the day, of course his performance was fantastic, maybe the best of his season so far. Yes. But at the end of the day, his performance did not really matter because of that you, eighth inning. You can't blame him for that. He, well, he of course, he got you he got you to the
2: sixth inning up four nothing and then your uh your bullpen blew that game.
1: Yeah, of course. He put us in a position to win the game. Which ultimately easily. was what mattered. If was in
2: here. the position to win the game easily, run support and six, nearly six shutout innings, your win probability through the roof.
1: Yeah. But the man that should have been your player of the week from the Guardians was the man who drove in many runs yesterday. I Had I, multi-hit games in both games nine yesterday.
2: Nine hits yesterday. I know who you're going with.
1: I don't, he's, not, he's not my player of the week, actually. What? But he should have been yours. Okay, you know, sorry, Ahmed Rosario. I'm sorry. Yeah. But give, give Ahmed Rosario some respect. But the Pilk Man is so much more fun to say. Fair enough, man. The Pilkman. commands good radio, I guess. Marcus, give me your player of the week before I reveal mine. That is not a Guardians player.
0: Oh, it's not Guardians player, but without a doubt, is Ronald Kune for the Atlanta Braves. I mean, he's. I mean, you could thank him for the two game winning streak for the Braves. You could thank him why the Braves on the hills in the New York Mets for the National League for the National League Division race, and also I mean for him accounting for four runs yesterday against the Phillies, and then the day before hit it in the two run home run and he's the reason why the defending world champions are in contention for maybe another title.
1: All right, Ronald Acuna, the pick for Marcus. I'm going with Jordan Alvarez from the Houston Astros. It pains me to say that, but he's had a great season hitting over 300, over 35 home runs as well. He's kind of been overshadowed by Aaron Judge and Shohei Otani for AL MVP. Both of those guys, of course, having insane years so far definitely deserving for the AL MVP race but back to Alvarez his past seven games he's batting over 500 with six home runs including a performance on Friday night where he hit three home runs in only five innings and it was the same night that the Astros clinched a playoff spot I hate giving the Astros any type of love here on Sports Power Talk but when Jordan Alvarez is going off the way he is, I got to give him my player of the week. Special shout-out to Ahmed Rosario, though. I'm kind of uh, ashamed none of us picked him, but I guess I should have done it myself. But Ahmed Rosario, we will get to you in just a second. But first, we got to talk about the Guardians and their game on Thursday. Yes. I mean, we can skip right past this, but I, I want to mention it a little bit. It was against the White Sox. Of course, it was a makeup game, just one game against the White Sox. And we lost 8-2. to Hunter Gaddis, the pitcher for the Cleveland Guardians, gave up seven earned runs and five home runs in four innings of work. Uh, he is 0-2 this year with an ERA of 18.41. Wow. Wow. That is... My oh my. Okay. Other than that guys how how do i like
2: how do I respond to that like when you read an a st- like a when you read a stat so abysmal like how how do I pivot off of that Jake
1: I mean it only is in two starts
2: this year, but like my jaw's on but, the floor like yeah. we're gonna have dead air because I've in shock,
1: yeah, nearly an eighteen and a half e r a record for Hunter Gaddis. I knew as soon as he was a starting pitcher against the White Sox it was not going to go our way. Unfortunately in a game that would have been great if it went our way because the White Sox are right behind us in the AL Central. Of course, you know, people were critical of Tito's decision to put Hunter Gaddis as a starting pitcher for this game and move everybody back, but in hindsight, it made sense because you give all the rest of your pitching rotation an extra day. And that's what really matters. Wait,
2: didn't they scratch McKenzie for that start, or was
1: I? Am I wrong there? It was initially McKenzie, okay. And they moved they McKenzie. Just, they, yeah, they
2: moved him back a day. Okay. Yeah, they I, moved
1: McKenzie Bieber back a day. I remember. For the I remember
2: Guardians Twitter was having a bit of a freak out, uh because McKenzie was was bumped. So.
1: Yeah, and I, I had the same sentiment at first because I was pretty upset seeing. Yeah, we have that one game against the White Sox. If we can get that game. That would be great for our position in the right. AL Central. And then you see Hunter Gaddis take the mound for the Guardians to start the game. And your confidence just goes right to the floor yeah. as soon as you see him out there. But, like I said, hindsight, we're playing great against the Twins. And McKenzie and Bieber did what they did. Let's talk about that Twin Series right away from the Chicago White Sox game. On to better and greater things here the Minnesota Twins series with the with the Guardians right now. We won four to three on Friday. We mentioned Mackenzie's name. Had eight strikeouts in the seven innings, mm-hmm. giving up three earned runs, and again put the Guardians in a position to win this game. Yes, he did. And the Guardiac kids do what they do best, man. Yeah. RBI singles from Straw and Rosario oh, tied it up, and that wild pitch, man.
2: That, that, that was wild pitch. that was absolutely insane. Who, who didn't think we were going to win a game this year off of a wild pitch off the catcher's foot where Ernie Clement runs 180 feet and beats
0: the tag? Who, the didn't, who didn't on think? On the other end of things like that.
1: <laughs> yeah, Johan Duran's wild pitch in the eighth allowed Ernie Clement to score from second base for the win, you got to love the worst defensive catcher in the league. I love it. Gary Sanchez. I
2: take, back, that play. I take back everything I've said about Austin Hedges because he would never do that.
1: Yeah. One thing that you can't slam Hedges on is his defense. Yeah. You can slam him all day on his offense. I think he's still batting under 200. He's
2: still terrible at the plate, but he would not allow that.
1: Yeah. And that's all that matters. And the Guardians won 4-3. to three. And again, just the Guardians doing what they do. Win by one run in comeback fashion this season, especially against the Twins. We're notorious for doing that yes. against the Twins this year. I was at that game reporting for WZIP Sports when uh, Andre Cimenez hit that walk-off home run in the ninth that was inning. so awesome. So you love to see that as well against the Twins. And then yesterday afternoon, the first game of a doubleheader, we won a 5-1. And can we talk about Shane Bieber? Yes. Shane Bieber. Please. Looking like the Cy Young that he is. Only gave up one earned run on four hits in eight innings pitched. Had many low pitch innings, including a five pitch inning in yeah. the seventh <laughs> inning. Insane. I mean, so Shane underrated,
2: Bieber. Bro. Oh. Criminally underrated. Bieber fever. Yeah, Bieber. Oh, my God. I can't Beaver. speak. <laughs> Bieber <laughs> fever is back yeah, just in time for the playoffs, man. Perfect. Perfect. I love it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Love to see what you saw out of Bieber there. Anything else for me on the first game yesterday morning? I liked watching the Minnesota Twins just
2: become demoralized. Like I know, like part of my gripes about baseball is because there's so many games, you don't really see players throw that much emotion into uh, what happens during just one game. But you could just tell that after the first game Saturday, they were done for. They just looked broken, and it was just as as a rival team. That was great to see.
1: Yeah, you love to see oh. it. And on his thirtieth birthday, Jose the Ghost yes. Ramirez had a solo bomb in his first at bat, put the Guardians on top early, and that was Ramirez's third home run on his birthday in his career. Medrizario went four for five with two RBIs, and Stephen Kwan and Oscar Gonzalez also had multi-hit games. You love to see that from the rookies on the Cleveland Guardians. And then let's get into the game last night. That marathon. The game oh, that went 15 innings. The marathon. It saw two seven-inning stretches because there was a 14th-inning stretch. Yeah.
2: Wait, did they do the hot dog race for the 14th-inning stretch? Did, did Mustard finally win a hot dog race? That would have
1: been funny if that was the one instance <laughs> where he won. <laughs> Dude,
2: they just said Mustard down to the minors. Yeah, he's back. But
1: anyway, you were saying. We won 7-6 to six last night yes. in a 15-inning contest, and you mentioned the Pilkman. Yes, Pilkington only gave up one hit in 5.2 innings of work and struck out six batters while doing so. I certainly wouldn't have predicted that from Pilkington in this start last night. Gonzalez double put the guards on the board in the first inning, and Ahmed Rosario. Yes, sir. Ahmed Rosario. Three-run home run in the fifth. Blew it up at that point. You no, know, I thought the Guardians were going to win this game as soon as yeah. I saw the score four to zero. Right when
2: you when you like, when you go on Twitter, you were seeing everybody just saying, "We've broken the Twins. We did it. We did it. They're done for." And then um, I'll let you tell the
1: rest. Yeah, I really thought we were going to win as soon as I saw that Rosario home run in the game. Went four and eight with four RBIs in the double header. Went eight for thirteen with six RBIs. Insane via Sarah Langs on Twitter. He is the first Cleveland player to have two separate four-hit games in the same day since 1933. No way. <laughs>
0: since since, since wow.
1: FDR. Since 1933. Oh I was going to include the player that did it last in this, Yeah. but I had no idea who he was because it was in 1933. Wow. wow. But Ahmed Rosario wow. doing some special things yesterday at the plates. 91 years. And then, unfortunately, the eighth inning came around. Yeah. The eighth inning came around, and the Twins scored five in the eighth off of Henches, Stefan, and Karinczak. Both teams scored a run in the 13th inning, a very dramatic 13th inning. Of course, Ahmed Rosario coming up in the clutch in the 13th inning as well. And with a Twins error in the 15th inning, Austin Hedges. Austin Hedges of all people,
0: the unlikely hero, (laughs) booking it, booking it to home plate with
1: his hands up in the air, won the game for the Guardians. He was able to score the game-winning run off of a ball that was hit off of Rosario's bat in the 15th inning. You love to see that a very dramatic game last night, and credit to Shaw and McCarty as well in relief in extra innings, who didn't give up a single earned run. You love to see that from them as well. Do you have anything more for me on last night's game, the doubleheader? So anything on the Guardians?
2: You know the rule where it's uh, in extras they start the runner on second. Yeah, after twelve, just put the guy on third. Put two. Put a guy, put a guy on second and third because like it was twelve thirty last night. I look. I look at the clock and I'm like, I should not be watching baseball right now. <laughs> it should have been over five hours ago. But man, that was a marathon and a half. Glad we won though, because if we didn't, oh, I would be
1: feeling a bit different right now. And could you imagine if there was no ghost runner? No. Stop. Would have been nope. like that. there nope. would have been a third seventh inning stretch. Well no,
2: no, no, no. Austin because no, the ghost no, cause in that fifteenth inning, I thought the ghost runner, it was Clement. He got tagged out at third, right?
1: I believe so, so. so. and so then that, Hedges yeah. was on first. So that
2: wouldn't have mattered. Because and then Jose, okay. Then Jose advanced Hedges, okay. So you know technically it wouldn't, it would have ended in fifteen regardless, but
1: it would just would have been a more grueling process if it weren't for the Ghost Rider. But yeah, if in the fifteenth inning, if Clement wasn't tagged out, would they have gotten Hedges out at first? Oh, probably because that was a dribbler.
2: Yeah, okay. It's another thing to think of. Oh well, they'd probably still be playing. Yeah, they'd probably they'd still probably, be playing right they'd now. Probably be bottom of the thirty seventh. Yeah, eleven
1: eleven forty three couple the, the, hot dog races. The first ever triple header. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> and then they have a game today at 140 as well to play. Same teams. Who knows what they're going to look like today. Uh, Marcus, anything for me on the double header before we get to the upcoming week for Guardians baseball?
0: I mean, it was amazing winning for the Cleveland Guardians. I mean, they're showing more and more they could be contenders maybe. But I want to put a hole on that. I just want to say it was a great win. Go to 15 innings. Usually we'll be on the losing side of that. We usually we'll give away games like that. We almost did, but we bounced back. Hopefully it, it could continues today. I, I'm likely sure it won't. I mean, I'll be exhausted after a game like that. 15 innings, a doubleheader. I'll be exhausted after a game like that. So, yeah. yeah,
1: 24 total innings. Oh, boy. 24 total innings. Today's game, though... Cody Morris takes the mound for the Guardians. He's 0-1 with a ERA below 3 in 9.2 innings of work this season, and he's going to take on Joe Ryan, the starting pitcher for the Twins, who's 11-8 with a 3.83 ERA. That game with a first pitch at 1.40 p.m. Morris's last outing only gave up one run in 3.2 innings pitched against the Angels, but Ryan's last outing Seven no-hit innings with nine strikeouts over the Royals in the best start of his young career. So, guys, who wins today's game?
2: Jake, I'm going to be completely honest. I'm going to be watching the Browns, so I really don't care. But homerism, the Cleveland Guardians, because the Twins are broken. We're going to sweep them.
1: Fair enough that you're going to be watching the Browns, but not fair enough that you don't care.
2: Well, we I mean they're out, They're pretty much out of the. They're, they're they're out of the race at this point. They're pretty much out of it. Minnesota.
1: Yeah, but the Guardians still need some wins. Well, they're gonna win today, so it doesn't matter. Well, hopefully, but you should care if they win today.
2: I'm gonna be happy when I get the notification on my phone at like five thirty, but I mean like I'm gonna be my eyes glued to the Browns and my fantasy teams. If I'm gonna be all, I'm gonna be completely transparent with you, Jake. I right. I'm talking to you, like I'm looking you in the eye and I'm
1: telling you this. Yeah. I appreciate the transparency, but still you should support the Guardians even though I it's did. I stayed NFL up Sunday. till twelve forty to watch a fifteenth right. inning baseball game, Jake. Good.
0: Good. That's what you should do. Uh Marcus, are we winning today's game? I mean, of course. I guess it's unlikely not, but win or lose. I mean, they got the division sealed. I mean, I'm with Mac today. I, I'm with Matt on this on his side. I, I mean win. I'm focused on the rounds I mean they got the division sealed. They got the AL Central sealed. It's all theirs that they win or lose today. It's all sealed. They've proven that they're the winners of that division. I mean, this is a division equivalent to the NFL's NFC East. So, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> don't bring that up. Let us it's, have this moment, are <laughs> the <it's> best. Right? <laughs> all
1: right, I'm, all a, I'm, I'm hearing half, is negativity out of Marcus I'm, here. I'm going
0: to have some remorse. I'm going to have some remorse. It was a great win. They proved it. They got this division sealed. But I
1: don't <laughs> know about that. You, like The White Sox are only four and a half games back. And we play the White Sox three games this yeah, week. got not spoil
0: the, our next you, segment. I mean, you got to admit, Chicago being mediocre right now, I mean, there's honestly no chance well, with I'm, them the way they're playing I mean, lately. So Their
2: manager belongs in a retirement home, and yeah. I think that's probably why they're still trailing yeah. us
0: by but four not, and a half. And Tim Anderson, one of them, is the most overrated player in all that major league. I mean... It's no chance they catching up to us. I don't know if honestly. he's overrated.
1: He's had some injuries this year. He
0: always he's always been overrated. I never I never thought of him as an all-star, honestly. Oh, wow. <laughs> never. Never. He batted over like 320 last year. I <laughs> never thought of him as a all-star. Uh, he's batting over 300, but I mean, he's not yeah, an all-star.
1: They're...
2: This is going off the rails. I love it. I love this so much. <laughs> oh, man. I'm having fun.
1: Yeah, I don't think this division is locked in any way, but in terms of today's game, we have the Twins number recently we beat them 8 times in a row, but for me Joe Ryan is a rookie of the year candidate for the AL coming off the best start of his career. So I unfortunately I unfortunately like the Twins today, especially when both teams and their bullpens are depleted after last night and Morris isn't known uh, of getting too far into games this season so I'm going to go with Joe Ryan the more experienced pitcher and the pitcher coming off of a seven no-hit performance over the Royals this upcoming week for the Guardians we have one game tomorrow against the Twins a three-game series at Chicago and a three-game series in Texas against the Rangers we're 12 and 5 against the Twins this year nine and seven against the White Sox this season and two and one against the Rangers looking to win that weekend series in Texas, of course. In an AL Central standings update, we've mentioned it, the Guardians sit atop the AL Central, White Sox four and a half games back, and the Twins in third place, now seven games back from the Guardians, one game shy of five hundred on the year. But I wanted to break down these schedules for all three teams before we get into hot mic real quick. Chicago White Sox, including their game today against Detroit, that first pitch coming in about 12 minutes. If there's any score updates, we will give you that score update in the last hour of today's show. But including their game today against the Tigers, they have 16 games left this year, three games against the Guardians, four against the Tigers, three against the Padres, and six against the Twins. For Minnesota, including today's game, they have 17 games left this year. Two games against the Guardians, of course. Three against the Royals. Three against the Angels. Three against the Tigers. And six against the White Sox. And then for Cleveland, including today's game, they also have 17 games left this season. Two against the Twins, of course. Three against the White Sox. Three huge games against the White Sox, if I might add. Yes. Three against the Rangers. Three against the Rays. And a nice six-game homestand against the Royals to end the year. Ooh, wow. So, based off these schedules of the top three teams in the AL Central, who do you guys think has the easiest remaining schedule and the easiest path to the postseason out of the AL Central?
0: I mean, this is the t- this goes to the Twins. I mean, you got the Guardians playing the Rays down the stretch, and then you got the White Sox playing the Padres down the stretch. I mean, compared to those two, the Twins they really have. Not really, one uh, playoff contender or even a title contender on their final stretch of the schedule. I mean, but I still say the Guardians got this. I still they say the Guardians can seal up the AL Central. So, yeah,
1: I don't hate that pick. The Twins. It depends what Angels team shows up. You know, the three yeah. games against the Angels. They have those th- the series against the Royals and the Tigers. Minnesota probably wins those series, but against the Angels, hopefully the Angels show up in that series, and then of course. Three series or two series, six games against the White Sox left to go in the Twins' schedule so far. So those will be competitive games. You, you got to think, Mark or Matt? Excuse me, Matt. Uh, Who do you think has the easiest schedule, easiest path to the AL Central pennant?
2: I gotta say the Cleveland Guardians. that, That six game stand against the Royals at the end of the season. I that's just gift wrapping you this division. And right now, so there's a Twitter account. I forget the uh, Twitter account, but they do, like, basically the Guardians magic number, which is currently at 15. So we need a combination of 15 Guardians wins and 15 Twins and White Sox losses to clinch the division. Right now, we just need to get 15 more of any, any combination of a Guardians
1: win, White Sox, or Twins loss. And the division's ours. Yeah, that it is. Personally, I think the Guardians actually have the easiest remaining schedule among the top three teams in the AL Central. And I say that for two reasons. One, I already mentioned that I already mentioned it, they have that cushion to end the season with a six game home stand against the Royals. So even something goes crazy these next two weeks, right, and we're in second place in the AL Central, hopefully that's not the case. Yeah, but yeah. even if we're in second place, you'd imagine it it would only be maybe two, three games back. From a White Sox in first place, but having six games to end the year against the Royals, while the White Sox are going up against the Twins to end the year. Yeah, I'd still be pretty confident in that setting.
2: And that's, I mean, that's assuming the barrel, like the, like the bottom of the barrel, is going to fall out. Yeah, like that. Then that I don't, I don't see that happen. If the Cleveland Guardians somehow just collapse this week and just forget how to play baseball, then I'll be concerned. But at the same time, I don't see a reason why we shouldn't expect to win this division.
1: Yeah, and we're playing lights out right now. Yes. Showing the Twins exactly who we are. Gold Glover,
2: Stephen Kwan.
1: Exactly. Love to see it. Love our rookies. Love the Cleveland Guardians. And that will do it for our MLB talk. But before we go to break... It is time for Hot Mike. Marcus, I love when you're on Sports Power Talk for Hot Mike because things go off the rails, which I know you love, Matt, as well.
0: Bring it on. So we're going to
1: kick it to Hot Mike. If we don't get all questions in this segment, we'll start next segment with a couple of questions as well. We will get through all of these questions, and we'll start with Cam429. Got to love Cam giving us many questions every single week. Cam, you have the Hot Mike first question isn't really a question it's a statement Broncos country left wide oh that is the message poor Jeff from
2: Jeff Longville mm-hmm. I know I know you might be listening you're the only Bronco fan I know so my condolences there yeah
1: they paid Russell Wilson all that money yeah <laughs> and uh still might be the same old Broncos <laughs> timeouts oh. fourth and five why
2: do you th- why, what and
1: what, why do you
2: think it's a good idea to kick a sixty-two yard field goal for the win? Nathaniel Hackett how do we the, he, most, oh, <laughs> the biggest it, idiot in America at the Hackett, time? He probably saw Cade York and he's like, Oh, <clears throat> my guy can do that. Yeah.
1: Favorites MLB slash NFL team color schemes. We'll start with the MLB. Ooh.
2: MLB. Oh man, like, I, I so I'm not thinking like I have the two think. off the top of my head. If oh, you want know, me my, to go Alright, so all right, aesthetically pleasing. I love the Chicago Cubs uniforms. They're just oh. they're just so simple. I love it's traditional. Just gross, a red, man. White and blue. I I like it a lot. I like their white sets. Yeah.
0: All right. So my Ugh. favorite MLB color scheme is the only, the Oakland Athletics uh, green and yellow. I mean, you gotta love it. I mean, I'll say. I'm not the heck with it. I'll say the best uniforms in the history of Major League. And also, wow. quite with um, the NFL, I'll say, you know, that, that orange and blue from the Broncos, it's quite sexy. But it's not. It's nothing <laughs> like the 49ers that red and gold. That's just classic, traditional. I mean, yeah. nothing special. It's just beautiful. It's just so beautiful. It's like some. I'll have some girl from Victoria's Secret rock like a 49ers jersey for real. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh man, what do I even say? Not, I what do I even say? Rock, oh. I All right. let, let me give my. my
1: let me give my MLB. Let me give my MLB color scheme. Um, my two MLB color schemes that are my favorite in the league. One is actually going to be the Kansas City Royals. I think they don't use the gold in their colors enough. I think they need to combine that gold color with their blue and baby blue, baby blue uniforms more. Um, I like their City Connect uniforms as well. And then I also really enjoy the Blue Jays. Their scripts, it's not really a script, but their font looks great on their uniforms. And they have a variety of uniforms as well. You know, they have their white, they have their classic blue, they have their uh, baby blue ones, and their red that they pulled out this weekend. The team up north has some great uniforms. And that suit that they put on after they hit home runs, absolutely amazing there from Toronto. For the NFL, I mean, Marcus already gave his. Go ahead, Matt, because I'm kind of stumped on this one.
2: I got to go with the Philadelphia Eagles, whether it's the Kelly oh, green yeah. or they're like, just standard forest green. I that just think cool. they don't have a bad uniform combo. You look at Philly, and it's like, yeah, yeah, they got drip. They're ready. Devil. They're ready. I, I just... It's simple, plain. Looks good, timeless. I mean, especially if you have that silver go with the Kelly green. Oh, I mean. the, oh my! The Kelly green ones are perfect. But I mean, even their current gr- dark green ones, I still like.
1: I think I'm gonna go with the Jaguars. What? I don't love. I don't love teal. I don't love their current uniforms. But just the color scheme is very unique, and I think they have D- something to work with. Different
2: doesn't always being good.
1: I mean, brown and orange is different. Yeah, but it works. <laughs> okay. Because I say it works. <laughs> Fair enough. No, I, I like the jaguars and hot take. Maybe those ombre helmets. Adored them. I was not expecting you to say the word ombre today. So, <laughs> dude, I love my ombre stuff. Ah, uh, okay. If it's like if there, a shirt has an ombre on it, I'm buying it. Uh,
2: well, love it. Cam, that was a good question. That did adds... you?
1: do you guys like those helmets, or are you on the?
2: I no, understand. I like nothing about the Jaguars.
1: Uh, fair enough. No. I don't like anything else but their color scheme. Their uniforms could use some work, yes, but the colors,
0: that's what matters to me. Uh, oh, I missed boy. the old school logo where it was just a straight-up Jaguar, like stretched across. <laughs> yeah. Hey, nice roar there.
1: I like yeah, that. Though. I like that.
0: Rare. Next question from Cam. Will the
1: Guardians keep this momentum long enough to make a run, and if so, how deep do you see them going?
2: So that was the Cleveland Guardians? Yes. Uh, I definitely think this team could make it to the second round series. if, Assuming they win the division, I think their peak is second round, and I think their floor is – the floor absolutely falls out, and they barely miss the
0: playoffs. Uh, don't kid yourself! It's our first round exit wound to happen for Mike. <laughs> the gosh. negativity, man! I'm wow, just, I'm the truth. I mean, oh
1: my
2: God! I mean, Guardians
1: can... fever is the thing. Everybody has it right now. They're playing their minds off right now against the Twins. People are showing up to the stadium, and you're going to tell us this is a
0: division rival. It's a division opponent. This ain't like y'all oh beat my. the Yankees or the Dodgers. <laughs> when we host. A home series yes.
1: in the first round of the playoffs I think there's a good chance we get past that series I the series after that when we probably have to play the Yankees yeah not too not too fond of that series but the first series I think we can win that one next question from, from cam favorite season so all the four seasons fall fall wins
2: hands down Sun's still out you can wear sweatshirts and be comfortable you get all like the nice lattes from all the coffee shops fall wins.
0: Oh, I'd say spring. I mean, that's about the season. Um you still bike riding. I bike ride a lot. And yeah. That's just my last chance to taste the summer breeze and makes me feel fine, you know what I mean? Right. <laughs> Not sure if I do know what you mean, but fair enough, Marcus. <laughs> <laughs> I was making reference to a g- song, <laughs> Okay. 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 <laughs>
1: um I'm probably gonna go with the fall as well. Pretty much everything you said, Matt, but I do think winter is very underrated. I don't like driving through snow
0: either, no, but I do love the winter. You're right. You're right there. Unless uh, you're in California, winter in California—that's something else. <laughs> have you been? No, I have never okay. been. But I wish I would. <laughs> okay. All right, fair enough, Marcus. <laughs> Next question from Cam: Should sports
1: let players use PEDs? Why not? Let's let's.
2: Just, <laughs> I want to see so many. You know how like you know how awesome it'd be to just have so many records broken, but I think after a while, I wouldn't everyone just do PEDs and it cancel
0: itself back out? Mm-hmm. I mean, it is becoming more like professional sports. I mean, college athletes are getting paid now. I mean, so they why can not? Say, <laughs> <laughs> they can no, sign, I don't they, think... Yeah, they can
2: I don't... sign an, an NIL deal with just some... An, oh my
0: gosh, that sounds amazing. I mean, Bryce Young just signed a deal with Beats by Dre. Like, yeah, so. but that's not steroids. <laughs> yeah, I don't it's think. He's become uh, more and more like professional sports. So why not? <laughs> oh my god! No. Just we sprinkle no. on the cupcake. Can we like- come back to reality here? <laughs> sure. Professional
1: athletes should not be yeah. using performance enhancing drugs. Boo. Can we just say that? All right, whatever you can, boom me all. Barry you want. Bonds. Go ahead, do what you want. Hey, Project
0: Clemens. Uh, Justice <laughs> for
1: Barry. Last question here from Cam before we had to break. Best sports bar and grill. In, oh, that's... T- like, off the t- okay. Yeah,
0: Sportsburg. All or? right.
1: Shooters in the flats, downtown
2: Cleveland, right on the water, outdoors. Great spot to be. All cool. right.
1: Check that out. Marcus, anything? I mean, from my experience, uh, Buffalo Wild Wings. Bro. Yeah, that's mine as well. Oh, Buffalo Wings. Wild Wings, hot take. Jersey's, trash. My
2: sister works there, so I have to hype it up, but it has and it has gone downhill in the past couple of years.
1: Yeah, I don't like Jersey's food at all, but... I'm all about Buffalo Wild Wings. That'll do it for this segment. Don't worry. A ton of hot mic questions left. We will get to those when we return. And then it's NFL football for the rest of the show. We'll talk about week one, preview week two, NFL pickums, all that and more coming up on Sports Power Talk. What's going on, everyone? We are back with more sports power talk the best sports talk show there is was and ever will be i am your host my name is jake Murrin, and i'm joined by matt from UCA. hey
2: guys set your fantasy lineups i'm talking to you everyone in my family league set your lineups
1: you're in like seven leagues i'm right? in seven leagues it's Ridiculous. I'm, and i'm
2: the commissioner of my family league and i know like i've got a couple like just some family friends that haven't touched their lineups all year and it's just I don't I don't want them to lose that bad.
1: Ultimate respect for you being in seven leagues, man. No, it's, I'm in four and I can't take
2: it. Uh, it's I I ah I, uh, I don't respect that. It's it's too much of a commitment. It's insane. It's
1: just like if you have say you have Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey on your team in one league, but then you're playing no, that pair in another league. No, what I, do you
2: want? I kid you not. I'm actually in one of my leagues in a 10 man league. I have Javante Williams and David Montgomery as my running backs. In my 14 man league, I am playing against a guy that has Javante Williams
1: and David Montgomery. Exactly. As so his how, running back.
2: how do you weigh that? I how mean, you I want them that? just to go. I just, the I, average? I just I just win, and then I collect all the money from all the leagues. All
1: right. Fair enough, Matt. Best of luck to you, except for in our league, of course. Fair enough. And my second analyst, the always entertaining Marcus Anderson. we do two
0: the NFL. Let's
1: get it on. Yeah, let's go. We'll get to the NFL in a matter of moments. First, got to get through these hot mic questions. And the person with the hot mic right now is Leah. She asks, of the 17 games the Guardians have left, how many do they win? All of them. Of course, of no, course you're gonna say. I'll, that. I'll say I'll say eight, I'll eight say of seventeen. Eight. Okay, fair enough, Marcus. I'll say around seven and eight. I'm gonna be the optimistic one here. Okay, I'm gonna go with ten. I like that a lot. I like. That I'm gonna number. go with ten. I think we're playing lights out right now. Really, really stressed out about that White Sox series. This that's week. gonna that's gonna be really stressful Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday for me. It's gonna be Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Oh, but, okay, yeah. okay, yeah, okay. This this time next week on Sports Power Talk. It's going to be tough. We're going to know a lot a, more.
2: None of us will be on.
1: That's true. <laughs> it's true. None of us will be on, but it's going to be a lot more clear where the Guardians sit in the AL Central after those three games with the White Sox. Next, Kelly has the hot mic. She asks, how many rushing yards will Nick Chubb have today? I'm going to go with uh, Buck 15. Okay. Not bad, Marcus. I'll say 110. I'll go with 130. That, is that an over-under later? That is Who a knows? big number,
2: and I love it.
1: Who knows? Is that an over-under later? I created the list. We'll, we'll see. We'll see more on that later. Uh, and now Jake Goat.
2: Yes. Jake Goat. Our, our number one Mernigo. fan.
1: Lots of questions here. <laughs> um, but first, not counting Alabama, is Appalachian State America's college a football team? Of course yes. they are.
2: Yes. You, you, it should be unanimous, Marcus. Are you going to say yes? I, I guess I'll say I, they're more like he hesitated America's hes- Cinderella.
0: Oh. America's Cinderella. I'll oh. say the hesitation, man. H- who's America's team? I mean, it's still Alabama. Oh my gosh! When Alabama.
1: did Alabama become America's team? Ah, I was Alabama. I'm blind to S- this since Nick Saban
2: became uh, the coach. I didn't know there was like an America's team topics. in college football. I didn't know there was either. Since so, Nick
0: Saban became a god. All right, all right.
1: <laughs> yeah, let's. Oh boy, it's not just toot Alabama's horn any more than everybody else does in yeah, America. So
0: what Georgia beat them last year in the championship. They still America's team. Okay. Alright. Yeah. Enough
1: of that. Enough of that. Jeez. Appalachian State is America's college football team. Jake Come on. Jake
0: right? you're right. It is App State. Yes.
1: Other questions from Jake Mernigo. Who would you say is the best Guardians player this year?
2: As Jose Ramirez. The, is there any other answer?
1: I don't think so. Okay. I mean, Shane Bieber's shown some spots. He's
2: he's been he's been inconsistent throughout yeah. the year. He's catching on now, but I mean, overall it's gonna be Jose.
1: He's catching on when it matters, man. Yeah, no, you're right. That's yeah. what matters yeah, Jose most. <laughs> overall, it's but Jose. no, to me, Jose Ramirez, we extended him for a reason. He yep. is the face of our team. He's the face of our franchise right now. And he is—he has been the best guardian this year. Of course, there's been spots where Josh Naylor's played out of his mind. Ahmed Rosario right now playing extremely well. Stephen Kwan, Oscar Gonzalez, the rookies on this team playing extremely well. But Jose Ramirez is that dude. He is the best Guardians player this year. Last question from Jake Merinago. When you think of Cleveland sports, what player comes to mind? Joe Thomas.
0: Oh, nice, nice. So I like no that hesitation.
1: Jim mm-hmm. Brown. <laughs> I was gonna. I'm gonna go with LeBron James. I thought that was gonna be unanimous, but we are a football town, so f- so yeah. fair enough. But mm-hmm. when I think Cleveland sports, the face of that for me, at least, is the great one, the kid from Akron, the chosen one, LeBron right. James. Next, Tyler asks thoughts on the new leaked Cavs uniforms. Land. a topic that. We didn't really have space to talk about it today, but it comes up in Hot Mic.
2: Land. It land. just says land. Whack. It just Whack. says land. I oh my! How can you be an exec at Nike? Pitch something to an NBA team, get them to agree to it, and have the audacity to charge one hundred and twenty dollars for a white tank top that says "land"? It Isn't is pitiful. I think it's great. It is pitiful.
1: Pitiful, nonetheless, but I think it is no, great.
2: The old ones were gray. Those ones said the right. land,
0: like what land? <laughs> it's just land. <laughs> it just said put land. What? We're, na- land? we're,
2: we're, we're, we're the uh, we're the imperial we're the imperialist basketball team. We are just going after land. All right.
1: And that I is- thought
0: the David Bowie scheme once was corny, but this is just whack. Oh my gosh. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I I kind of want to see an all gold uniform. I mean, depending on what they do, as long I think as it, it might as look good, as long as it
2: doesn't say land. Yeah, like they couldn't get an indefinite article. Why? Because Ohio State tried to trademark it. Like, what's the deal?
1: I love the land as a slogan for Cleveland. Yeah, but not land. Yeah, absolutely. I'm right there with you. But for the Guardians, especially, guard the land for the land. Yeah, but the- all for what? Like, I love the slogan, but I know putting the word land on a uniform and plus, like, the lettering doesn't even really match our new rebranding.
2: No, not at all.
1: So where are we really going? Who knows? What
2: four-year-old drew that with crayon? I got to ask my nephew, Tucker, because, you know, maybe he drew it and just accidentally mailed it to the Cavs, and they're like, this
1: is good. Good point. Tucker, it's all your fault.
2: (laughs) No, no, don't say that. No, no. No, it's not. Tucker, it's not your fault at all, buddy.
1: Uh, Tucker... I don't have an issue against you, but I do have an issue against whoever created that jersey. Okay. Said land on it. All right. But hey, I mean, Donovan Mitchell wore the new white uniforms in that photo shoot the other that day. And looked that looked nice. Looked great. So white uniforms look clean. Of course, we all wish they had some kind of trim on them, but they do look good nonetheless. Last question here for Hot Mike, our music programming director up here at WZIP, Logan Buchanan, he asks, best sports to watch live in person. I would say it's a tie between baseball and basketball. That's fair? Yeah. I'm going to go with baseball myself. Marcus, what do you think? I'll say basketball. Basketball? Can we agree that football is the worst sport to watch live? I would agree with you. Yes. Yeah, I, I hate watching football live. If it's a high school football game, love it. Well, see,
2: it's different for me because, like, when I go to Browns games on Sunday, like I'm constantly just checking, like, updates from around the league. But, like, if I go to a primetime game and that's, like, the only game on – that's that's different in how I judge that. So that's why I try to only go
0: to, like, the night games now. I just think about how I'm going to beat the traffic, that's all. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, traffic's not fun. Parking's not fun. Not at
1: all. And yeah. sitting in the nosebleeds, not being able to see where the ball is, where the first down marker is, it's it's just not a fun experience. Mm-hmm. I went to that Cardinals game last year with Dan growing up here at WZIP. They had that one good play to Donovan Peoples Jones, but that was about it. In that, that was game. actually
2: really cool. That mm-hmm. was yeah. that was still. I mean,
1: the dog pound was going crazy for that play, but it was pretty cold, and we couldn't really see what was going on. And the Browns got that
2: was that was also that bit. was also the, like the where Baker's injury got really bad. So yeah, I yeah mean, that I was mean. bad. <laughs> I remember going. That to, was a bad day.
0: That was a little heartbreaking. I remember going to one Thursday night with Jeff. I mean, <laughs> it was an experience. I. I quite want to forget. I thought I had to pick a fight because he was talking bad about my John Elway jerseys. So. You wore an Elway jersey? a yeah, so dog pound. I know it was suicidal. Oh, it was suicidal for gosh. me to do that. He was wearing his Von Miller jersey. <laughs> yeah,
2: but that's not John Elway. My dad hit John Elway with the with the, uh, with what's the dog treats? I'm blanking on him now. A milk bone. My dad hit John Elway with a milk bone right before the drive. <laughs> all right, like you cannot wear Elway in Cleveland if you are in Cuyahoga it was County. Suicidal for that me is to a death wish, Marcus.
0: It was suicidal for me
2: to oh do that. Oh my gosh!
0: But the heck with the <laughs>
1: Wow. Oh, man. That will do it for this week's Hot Mike. I hope everybody enjoyed that. And Marcus, it's always a pleasure to have you on when we answer our questions on our Twitter page at WZIP Sports for Hot Mike. But it is 12-13. That means the rest of this show is dedicated to the National Football League. And we'll start by recapping week one. Because it was last Sunday, we haven't been on the air since before kickoff last week. So we are going to talk about week one a little bit here. And we'll start with some week one injuries because a lot of players went down. And perhaps most notably, Dak Prescott for the Dallas Cowboys went down with a right thumb injury. He had surgery and will be out six to eight weeks. Initial report said the Cowboys would make a move for another QB and then it came out that the Cowboys are unlikely to trade for a QB. So guys, what do you think the Cowboys should do? Should they pursue another option until Dak Prescott returns?
2: See, I don't think you can because by the time you bring in a new quarterback, you can't throw him in the game right away because he doesn't know the playbook at all. It probably will take 4 to 3 to maybe 4 weeks to even have like a general understanding of the playbook. And then, you know, it's then it's 2 weeks till Dak gets back. Like, do you really think that you know your games in 4 or 5 weeks are that unwinnable with Cooper Rush that you need to go bring in like a Jimmy Garoppolo that has the spark notes version of your offense like i i don't see how they could bring in a quarterback
1: Yeah, Um, well said. Marcus, any thoughts?
0: I will say just stick with Cooper Rush for a while if he doesn't produce for you. I mean, but I will say, like, try to win games the old-fashioned Cowboys way. Uh, Back in the 90s, when they was a team in the 90s, they was all about the run game, all about giving Evan Smith his carries and has superb defense. And this new Cowboys say you have a superb defense, and they got two good running backs, Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard. So just give them the rock and just pound the rock and just – have Cooper Rush not do too much, but just game manage each game for them.
2: Yeah, and like let's say like Dax out like the latter half for six games. In those six games, they play th- all of their divisional opponents, so they play Washington, New York, and Philly. And their other three games are against the Rams, Bengals, and Lions. So this is a like Dallas could be digging themselves in a deep, deep hole right now.
1: So yeah, that's what I was going to say here, and like. Just Dak Prescott going down not only hurts the Cowboys, but it severely hurts their chances in the NFC East so far this year. I mean, if he is out just that six games you mentioned, the games he's missing, those division opponents and the Bengals and the Rams, you got to consider that they're probably not going to be favored in those games. Would
2: I be crazy to just give the division to Philly right now?
1: I don't think so. Philly was my pick before the season started. As,
2: as was mine. And I think Philly's gonna make a good run I think this year.
1: yeah, I think this Dak injury just reinsures that this division is for the Eagles to take it, you know. I'd agree. Um so in those six games, you know, maybe they go two and three yeah, but I mean, like, without the- deck three and three while giving up wins to division opponents, though. And that's a recipe to be out of the running for the NFC East. Oh yeah. So we'll see what happens in the NFC East with the Cowboys. Hopefully, Dak Prescott gets out there as soon as he can. But right now, certainly looks like it's the Eagles' division to lose. Next up, T.J. Watt. T.J. Watt went down with a torn pec. Thankfully for the Steelers, it will not require surgery, but he is expected to miss about six weeks. The Steelers' defense looked scary in week one, but what does this mean for Pittsburgh moving forward? You know,
2: so they put Watt on IR, which means he's out at least four games. And, you know, for Pittsburgh, they debatably caught a break because he's going to be missing the Patriots and the Browns. I think you can probably have a pretty decent pass rush with him missing these games. What really is going to bite them in the you-know-what is their next games are against Buffalo and Tampa, and you need all the help you can get to even just compete with those rosters, and that's just if he misses four games. So, you know, and then afterwards, they have Miami and Philadelphia after that. And that would take him to the end of October when they think he could come back. So this is a tough stretch for Pittsburgh.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And before we get back to TJ Watt, speaking on injuries, just got a notification from Bleacher Report from Glazer saying Jameis Winston has four fractures in his back. Oh, my gosh. He's playing through a, a lot of pain today with extra padding to protect the area this comes after the news of alvin kamara being out today for the saints as well so maybe that weighs into our nfl pickums later on but you feel for Jameis winston and the saints after that week one win against the falcons at least back to tj watt marcus what do you think of the injury
0: i mean that's equivalent to losing your franchise quarterback i mean that's basically the quarterback of their defense but I guess they do got to make a pad. they do they do got Cam Hayward. I mean I guess it's time for one of those two guys to step up and try to make this defense uh as solid as possible. But I doubt that and it's gonna be a tough stretch for them. As
1: much as of a a game changer and game influencer that TJ Watt is it's still a defensive end. It's not like it's a quarterback. Well, but that
2: defensive end's also the NFL all-time sack leader. Yeah, yeah. So. that's
1: what I'm saying. He definitely has a huge impact on the game. But to me, you could have lost a potentially more critical piece in a more important position. Not to say they have an insanely talented quarterback, but... but losing Mitch Trubisky might have been more detrimental to them See, in I, the long term. I
2: don't think so, because if they trust Kenny Pickett, I mean, they're going to have to go to him eventually. I mean, th- I sense. think right, I works? think the drop-off between T.J. Watt and whoever has to play defensive end now is way bigger than Trubisky to pick it.
1: That's right. Lynn like you said, I think it. my opinion on this more goes to I think the Steelers' pass rush is going to be okay without T.J. Watt for the games that he's going to miss. And to miss him, sure, it'll hurt. Sure, he's not going to influence the game that he normally would be able to do so. But for me, there would have been bigger injuries to be sustained for the Steelers in this amount of time. And fortunately for Pittsburgh, he should be back in at least four weeks, but likely six weeks according to the injury reports. Last injury I have listed for week one is Elijah Mitchell. He sprained his MCL and will miss about two months for the 49ers. Jeff Wilson Jr. and Jordan Mason will do the running for for the 49ers while Mitchell's out. Certainly won't help their young developing QB in Trey Lance, that's for sure.
2: I kind of disagree. I think San Francisco's always kind of been a running back by committee offense. I mean, you look back to the year they made the Super Bowl, what they had Raheem Moster as their starting running back, but he still <laughs> split carries with a lot of other guys. I mean... I don't know how big of an impact this actually has on the Niners' offense collectively.
0: Yeah, this is this is the Shanahan system. This is a system friendly for any running back to see yes. in. So,
1: yeah, and I, week week one wasn't a fair assessment of the Forty ers either.
2: That was a monster. Yeah, that was like they. Uh, well, and Trey Lance also made some headlines this week. Yeah, I don't the, know if I can talk about that. No, 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 no.
0: The, the Bears no, had no, the no. fog, bro. This time they got the, the mud, bowl. <laughs> oh, yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, for me, I'm still not high on Trey Lance. But, of course, that week one performance isn't really anything to critique or analyze based on the conditions of that game. We'll see what the 49ers look like in the future this season. But let's go to some power rankings after week one. Um, I don't know if we want to consider Thursday Night Football in this. Technically, Thursday Night Football between the Chiefs and Chargers was week two. It doesn't really affect my list too much, but maybe it does for you guys. Top five power rankings after week one. Let's start at number one. Let's start right at the top of the list. Marcus, I'll go to you first. Who do you have number one? It's the Buffalo Bills.
2: There is no right answer to this, but the right answer is the Buffalo Bills.
1: Yeah, I'm right there with okay. you the guess. <laughs> the Buffalo Bills, number one, they defeated the reigning champions and the Rams on the road 31-10 to in the first week of Thursday Night Football, and their defense got much better, offense is explosive, and Josh Allen could easily be the MVP this season. Number two, Matt, go ahead.
2: I have the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, you know, for me, it was a toss-up between two teams – but given the Thursday night matchup, the Chiefs have the tiebreaker in my
0: power rankings and are now number two. Yeah, I'll say the same thing the Kansas City Chiefs. I thought this defense would be, I knew it was Patrick Holmes that's capable of but I thought this defense would be weaker due to losing Matthew to, to the Saints. But it's, I think it's a lot better and think this might be a better team than their previous Super Bowl team.
1: Yeah, all in agreement so far. I have the Kansas City Chiefs as my second team for the top five power rankings after week one. Everyone called me crazy when I was still high on the Chiefs after they lost Tyreek Hill Who you and crazy Tyron Matthew. A couple people up here, man. Because really? I right. still had them pretty high in their division and still making I'm, an impact this season in terms of, like, Super Bowl, things I'm, like that. But
2: well, I'm, I'm, I, I would have I supported you if okay. I heard those Hey, some support
1: between us for NFL talk. I know. Appreciate yeah. Well, I mean, that, after
2: I mean, when you're not wearing uh, Carolina blue in the studio, it'll happen. You again like each other. Don't I'll, worry. Yeah, but they're not playing the Browns. so I'm going to fault
1: you. Fair enough. You know, sure the the Chiefs lost some pieces over the offseason, but the piece that matters most is Patrick Mahomes. Yes, it matters right. most, Patrick Mahomes, and they proved that against the Cardinals and Week One, and even on Thursday Night Football. But of course, this is just Week One power rankings. Number three, I have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers beat the Cowboys 19 to 3 on the road in week 1. Still have a dangerous offense with Tom Brady and is one of my favorites to win the NFC this season. Interested in your top or your third team. Matt, I'll go to you first. I want to go with the LA
2: Chargers. Justin Herbert is just a different species of player. He I there were a few throws last week where I ought to, like I got out of my seat and just started just making noise cuz I couldn't believe he made those throws. It was absolutely insane to watch. And they have Cleo Mack paired with Joey Bosa. That front seven is legit. When they're not playing the Chiefs, look out for the Chargers.
0: I'll say the temperate Buccaneers as well. I mean, no Bruce Arians, no problem. I mean, this gives Todd Bowles a second shot at head coaching. Um, a great season for the Buccaneers. I mean, the Buccaneers got all the talent. Probably one of the best defenses. Probably one of the top three, top five most talented rosters in all of the professional football so yeah all right number four marcus i'll go right back to you i'll say the minnesota vikings for now uh, the minnesota yes. vikings i mean i got they changed a whole new uh, coaching staff they got the the original defensive coordinator from the broncos uh he's a great one too and also kevin o'connell i think he's actually uh changing the fortunes and the culture of this Minnesota Vikings franchise. He might bring him back, and that was a terrific win. Even though it was a Packers team low on ammo, it was still a dominant win. I see Justin Jefferson maybe winning. It's about time for a guy like Justin Jefferson to win the MVP.
1: Oh, my god! Yes, Marcus. The Vikings are in Monday Night Football this week, which means that is a very important pick for us. Yes, at is. WZIP Sports. Of course, we're doing those NFL pick on our Twitter page at WZIP Sports. You can follow along with that all season long. But, Matt, when Marcus said the Vikings, you, yes. you exploded with someone, expression there, man. Someone else in this studio is high on the Minnesota Vikings with me.
2: I absolutely love Kevin O'Connell, what he's bringing to Minnesota, what he's bringing with Justin Jefferson. He can game plan Kirk Cousins to make Kirk Cousins look like not Kirk Cousins. I think this Minnesota Vikings team wins this division. Sorry, Dan. I know you're a big Packer guy, but this Minnesota Vikings team, watch out for them. I'm so glad someone else has bought in this early with me. So are the Vikings your fourth team? They, yeah, they are my number four team. Number four team? Yes. Sorry
1: about that. No, you're good. My fourth team is the L.A. Chargers. In week one, at least, they beat the Raiders in a tough game at home, 24-19. to Their defense looks insane on paper. Their offense under Justin Herbert is a problem for the rest of the afc i worry about brandon staley's coaching because he's such a risk taker fair that's definitely my biggest concern but i'm really high on the chargers after week one and even after thursday night football that we'll get to shortly hopefully herbert's injury isn't too severe and number five i have the minnesota vikings you guys are not the only members high on the vikings we all are i
2: thought i was original (laughs) <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> what can I say, Matt? Oh. Um, I have the Vikings at number five, and you guys said it perfectly, so I don't really have anything to add, Marcus. Who's your fifth team?
0: The L.A. Chargers. I'm already putting. I'm already putting bids for Khalil Mack, Defensive Player of the Year, and Justin Herbert. He's just something else. Like I'm not quite sure to say yet is the best quarterback in the league. I so Patrick Mahomes, not just yet. Not just yet. He is on his heels, though. He is on his heels. It's between him and Josh Allen right now, but he is something else. I mean, he's just got guts, and he's got what it takes. But the Chargers, they got everything that it takes to beat to get to the Super Bowl, honestly. All right, fifth team. I'm going to go Tampa Bay, which means we all have the same
2: five teams, just in a different order. I couldn't put them higher because that, te- that offense is just so injured. They lost four of their five starters from last year. Chris Godwin's uh, out for a couple more weeks. But I, as Alex says, never bet against Tom Brady.
1: Yeah. Same teams in the top five, just a different order, but all in agreement that the Bills and Chiefs are number one and number two. And speaking of Tom Brady, do you see that report this morning saying that he has Wednesdays off?
2: Yeah, that's yeah, that's year? kind of normal. I mean, so. Hugh Jackson gave Joe I mean, Thomas
1: Wednesdays off. I don't make much of the storyline, but I didn't know if you guys had any thoughts on it. Well,
2: with like the whole I like mean, Brady off the field things.
1: or Mask like Mass Singer.
2: Uh, Who knows? Yeah. Oh, I don't think it's mass singer. I think it's some personal stuff, and I don't feel like I I don't feel like I should speak on his personal matters. No,
1: I I completely agree with you. I think the whole mass singer debate is I irrelevant. Yeah, I think that's yeah, right as well.
0: But, but.
1: but yeah, I mean, good for Tom Brady. He's in his last year, likely his last year. Yeah, and he gets Wednesdays off. So good for him. Good for him getting Wednesdays off. That will do it for this segment. We're going to go to our last break. When we return, we're going to talk about Thursday night football have around the rue with that. And then we're talking about the Cleveland Browns recapping their week 1 performance against the Panthers, talking about the Brett the Browns Jets game today kicking off in about 30 minutes and then NFL Pickums week 2 edition. Don't miss out right here on Sports Power Talk 88.1 WZIP. ladies and gentlemen this is the last segment of today's show it is the best sports talk show this side of lake erie it is sports power talk i'm your host my name is jake Murrin. once again i'm joined by matt Pramuka.
2: I gotta give. I gotta tell my nephew Tucker. It is not your fault for the Cavs bad jerseys. All right. I it's apologize. Not no, I he's apologize. A, he's he's laughing at that a lot. He's kind okay. of joking. I got some video of him, but okay. It's not your fault, buddy. We know.
1: WZIP I, loves you, Tucker. Yes, it's he, all yes, good. We do. Yes, we do. It's all good. Mm-hmm. And Marcus Anderson is joining us as well. Back at it. Yes, we are back at it for the last segment of today's show, and we're rolling right along with the National Football League. And let's talk about Thursday Night Football. Amazon Prime. What did you guys think about that? I
0: hate it. I hate it already. So,
2: with the, it's it's a bit conflicting cuz um I got the stream prepped about 15 minutes before kickoff and it wouldn't load me in till about 7 minutes left in the first quarter. Uh, but then I found out they had an all 22 angle broadcast of the like of the game and you could like watch like from the coach's box and I thought that was probably the most innovative thing I've ever seen. So, the only time I'll ever say this, thank you, Jeffrey Bezos, for that.
1: Yeah, people were glowing on Twitter about the quality of the picture. I saw some feeds of it actually breaking it down while it was live, which I thought was pretty cool. Um, overall, not a bad experience with experience with it myself. I didn't really watch much of the game though. Uh, what do you guys think of the game itself? Though you know, of course, the Chiefs won twenty seven to twenty four, scored thirteen in the fourth quarter for a comeback win. What do you guys think? I think we were two plays
2: away from talking about if the L.A. Chargers could challenge the Buffalo Bills to come out of the AFC. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I, that dropped J.C. Jackson pick in the third quarter in that one pick six um, uh, Herbert threw and yep. I think, the beginning of the fourth, if those two plays do not happen, I think we're talking about an L.A. Chargers routing of the Chiefs and if the Chargers are now favorites to emerge of the AFC.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Patrick Mahomes, 24 for 35, 235 yards, two touchdowns in the game at home in Kansas City. One thing I noticed, though, the picture was great. The field was not. No. no. Do, do you guys understand that midfield logo? I didn't do any research we, no, into it. But we,
2: we get a lot of hate for putting an elf on our What is that? I have it's no just, idea. Just it's like, a like an KC. It's, <laughs> what does it say? I don't even know what the shape is. Like, how do I describe it to our
1: listeners? Was Tucker up to that too? Was he? Was he what? <laughs> was he up? No, to he. would
2: st- Stop blaming my nephew for everything <laughs> that you don't like about sports. No, uh, he is five. He is in kindergarten. He did not do that.
1: WZIP loves you, Tucker. I'm yes, just, we do. I'm just messing with you. I'm yes, we
2: do. He's gonna. He's gonna make fun of you later today.
1: Hey, I might deserve it, man. What can I All say? All right. No, like the end zones actually looked like they were designed by a child. It was. And the midfield logo, oh. I didn't understand it either. It's, it's just all oh, it says KC. That's it. Oh, <laughs> I didn't boy. even say KC. It, it, was it, like you said, Matt, it was like an A or something. It was an A. Yeah. It
2: was like white, red, and black. And I'm like, do yeah. the Chiefs have black in their color scheme? Like, Apparently know, they do now. So. All <laughs> right.
1: Justin Herbert, the other quarterback, of course, 33 for 48, oh. over 300 yards oh. and three touchdowns in the game. You mentioned that critical pick, six. And a big storyline out of Thursday Night Football, of course is that he fractured rib cartilage in the loss and his day-to-day. So what do we make of Herbert's injury?
0: Uh, I mean, when I first saw that he was holding his ribs, I was like, oh, no, not my Super Bowl pick. That's my Super Bowl oh, pick yeah. going out the toilet. But then he came back in the game. I mean, just so- showed gustiness. And for him to, like, make that big throw on fourth and seven, I mean, to DeAndre Carter and then get that big touchdown to close and the tighten up the score. And But, yeah, like I said, he's just amazing, man. He's just an amazing talent.
1: Yeah, better believe Justin Herbert is tough as nails. And this leads us to our Around the Roof question for the week where we debate around the table and bring it to you via our Twitter page at WZIP Sports. This week's question, I think it might be a repeat question. I don't know if we've already had it but it's a question that we might have again this season because it's a question that the answer is probably going to change over time, and it's definitely the most intriguing division in all of the NFL right now, and that is the AFC West. So the question is, who is going to win the AFC West? We've seen Week 1. We've seen a Week 2 matchup between the Chiefs and Chargers. So of the four options, Chargers, Chiefs, Broncos, Raiders, who is winning this division?
2: I gotta go with the LA Chargers. I Justin Herbert is a different animal. I and I trust that defense more. They gave Casey a run for their money on short rest on the road. I can only
0: imagine if they had a week to prepare on a neutral site. I'll say the LA Chargers, I mean, this would be a lesson to be learned. I mean they got gimm later on in the season and they gotta bounce back from this. So kind of surprising here when
1: you see that the Chiefs beat the Chargers in week two on Thursday night football and the chargers who knows Justin Herbert, he's tough, but is he going to be able to play through that rib cartilage break throughout the season? It might get worse with more hits. It's very questionable right now. He is considered day to day, but I'm going to go with the chiefs. Like I said, they haven't missed a step so far. Patrick Mahomes is very dangerous showing that he is one of the elite quarterbacks in this league. If it wasn't proven already, and he could, be, he could very well be in the MVP conversation himself this season. So I'm going to go with the Chiefs winning the AFC West. I have the Chargers right behind them. And then even the Broncos and Raiders. The Raiders put up a good fight against the Chargers in Week 1. Broncos, a stunning loss in Week 1 oh on the road to Seattle. We'll see what happens in that division. But it will be entertaining to follow all season long. Around the route is live on our Twitter page at WCIP Sports because we want to hear your thoughts on the AFC West, who's going to win, and leave us a comment in the on the tweet and let us know why. Let us know why you think the Chargers, Chiefs, Broncos, or Raiders are going to win the AFC West. But Matt, yes. you ready to talk Browns? Of course. The I'm answer's ready. always yes. I'm ready to talk Browns. We'll talk about them and do our NFL pickups to end today's show. But Let's talk Browns Panthers. All right, let's do it. Let's talk Browns Panthers. Recap week one against the Panthers as the Browns started the season one and zero for the first time since two thousand and four. Yes, since I was three years old, four presidents ago. Yeah, it's been a while. Started one and zero. O line gave up only one pressure. The run game averaged five point nine yards a carry on the ground love to see it. What did you think of week 1?
2: Just Chef's kiss all up for, to all the offensive linemen up front. Chef's kiss. James Hudson getting, you know, third string right tackle being thrown into the fire an hour before kickoff and holding his own against the Panthers. Great job out of you. I know Jedrick Wills has been getting a lot of hate on Browns Twitter, but I didn't think he was too awful. And then uh another thing I want to talk about was last week I did predict that The Panthers would have a big play on a busted coverage because one of our DBs would get bored. I thought it would be Martin Emerson, but it was John Johnson. John Johnson didn't take the deep post from Greg Newsom. He played the out route, and Baker hit a good ball.
1: Yeah, John Johnson, the man who had the Browns' first sack of the year. Oh, yeah. Who would have thought that?
0: (laughs) What would you think of Browns-Panthers, Marcus? I mean, at the same time, this is an unacceptable win. I mean, mean, they... (laughs) It was it twenty to seven at one point. It was, 20 to,
2: it was twenty to seven in the third quarter. Yeah, twenty
0: quarter. to seven. I mean, they was beating them down for a minute. I mean, you had Baker Mayfield. It's the mean, magic of Baker for, Mayfield right there for four straight third and <laughs> outs and not only not only third downs but third and longs. Four straight third and longs. You had this guy, and then you still gave this guy the capability of bringing his team back, and then took y'all a field goal. I mean, yeah, <laughs> I a, got.
1: York. I got everything I wanted out of this game. Cade York, of course, we have to mention his Legatron. name. Made all I mean, four of his field goals, including the 58-yarder <laughs> for the if win.
2: CBS did a stat on that; it would have been good from 68 at
1: least. No, that is insane. I mean, that is an yeah. insane. Yeah. Leg that shouldn't be allowed that Cade York <laughs> has. And Baker Mayfield, I even got what I wanted out of him as well. Of course, yeah. he had that rough first half, but in the second half, in his final five drives, was nine for 12, over 200 yards, and had a passing and rushing touchdown. So. For me, I wore a panthers baker Mayfield jersey. I got a Browns win. I got what I wanted. I felt satisfied after that game was over. Cade York, love to see him for the Browns as well. But let's talk about Browns-Jets about to kick off in 19 minutes. Yes, sir. Let's preview week two against the Jets. What are three keys to the game for a Browns win as they look to start 2-0 and for the first time since 1993? I would have been negative eight.
2: I was negative nine. Yeah, negative nine. My parents hadn't met yet.
0: Oh, wow.
1: Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, that oh, puts that it in
0: perspective, huh? Yeah, that was one year after my mom and dad got married. So, <laughs> Jeez. Browns, Jets, though. Three keys. Marcus, go. Uh, so it's all on defense. Improve on tackling. Uh, improve in the coverage. I still think that secondary is is, is kind of suspect, even though it has Denzel Ward A and John Johnson.
2: Yeah, what? even though it got
0: Denzel Ward and John Johnson. I mean, you saw it last week. I mean, how wide open DJ Moore got. I mean, it's totally suspect. But improve on that. Contain Joe Flacco. I mean, pressure Joe Flacco, and hopefully they don't screw this up. And also, also just pound the rock. You are just, just of you are just reaping with Cleveland sports optimism today. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Quick update on White Sox Tigers. It is 2-2 two two in the top of the second inning. All of us are Tigers fans today. Don't forget that as we root for the Guardians at 140 as well. But right now, it's all football. Matt, give me your keys to the game.
2: Three keys to a Browns victory. Get... To Flacco with your front four you cannot afford to take linebackers or any, any of your secondary out of coverage this Jets team will hit the deep ball on you if you give Flacco enough time say what you will he can still throw the ball downfield uh, keep everything in front of you on defense too many times last week we gave up those busted coverages where they weren't on the field correctly they couldn't. They didn't know where the ball was
0: right. keep
2: everything in front of you contain 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 keep an
0: eye on Garrett Wilson too Gary Wilson, yeah. keep an eye on him. And Elijah then, Moore, don't, do not underestimate yeah. their wideouts. That
2: receiving core is very slept on. Braxton Berrios, he could be a I sneaky think, one, too. I think Berrios is out today, actually. Oh, I is? think the, the inactive report, ju- don't quote me on that, though. The inactive
0: report just came oh, out. I was about to say, keep an eye and, no, on Denzel,
2: him, No, Denzel Mims is inactive. Braxton Berrios
0: is in. So oh, my yeah, keep apologies. an eye on him. He could be a real sneaky one, too. And then my <laughs> last my last
2: key to a victory, take away Quentin Williams on, from, on the Jets' defensive line. If you can just double-team him, you have two all-pro guards right next to Ethan Pochich. One of that just double him the entire day, get Nick Chubb, get Kareem Hunt, get Jerome Ford going early, and then just let Jacoby keep the offense and cruise control, and you'll be just fine.
1: All right. My three keys to a Browns win today against the Jets. First, don't let up on defense. I see our defense playing well. And finding success, especially early in this game, but I I don't want them to become lackadaisical when we might need them the most in that second half. Second, repeat last week. Our offensive execution wasn't perfect against the Panthers, but the base and game plan was solid. Run the ball with Chubb and use Hunt in the red zone behind that insane. Line and then third, last week I said all eyes on Cade York because this game could have been decided by a field goal. It was this week. I'm saying all eyes are on David Njoku, Amari Ooh. Cooper, and Cade York at home. Donovan Peoples Jones was Brissett's favorite target in week one, but I'd like to see him connect with Njoku and Cooper more. Plus, York's amazing game last week. I'm excited to see how he fares at First Energy Stadium. Who knows? York might be able to outscore the Jets himself in this game. You said he hit, what, a 65 he yarder? He hit a
2: 65 yarder in warm
1: ups. Yeah, Tony Gross, he yard. tweeted that. Yeah, he's, he's insane. You love to see it. I know. So before <laughs> we get to our NFL pickums for week two, over under. We did this last week. It is going to continue. I have some over unders here, and you guys are going to give me what you think. First, Joe Flacco throws for over under 200 yards. Over. Under. Under, I'm going to go over. Last week he threw for 309. Yeah, he' only scoring times. at nine points. Second, Joe Flacco gets sacked over under three and a half times. I'm gonna take the, mm, I'm gonna take the under.
0: I'm taking the over.
1: <laughs> I'm taking the under. Hopefully Miles Garrett gets those two sacks. Breaks and, the re- franchise record, baby. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hopefully the dog pound goes crazy for him as well. Third, Jacoby Brissett throws for over under 150 yards. Last week he had 147.
2: This, I'm taking the over. I think this week is the week Jacoby makes everyone a Jacoby jabroni. We go from Baker Bros to Jacoby jabronies
0: right. after today. That's one way to put it. Marcus, uh, what do you I'll think? T- I'll take the over. Just 10 more yards than before. Mm.
1: All right. I'm going to go under. I think we're going to be really run-centric again, and I think the Jets' defense is better than the Panthers' defense. Next, Cade York makes over-under 2.5 field goals. Last week, I was the only one to say over on this and I was correct. What do you guys think about Cade York today? I'm going to take the under. I think he
2: hits right at two because I think the offense gets some kinks out of him and they convert in the red zone this week.
1: Yeah, I was going to say under, right, right around two. I'm okay. going to say over again. I got some confidence in Cade York, and I think our offense is going to rely on him heavily today at first energy. Next, David Njoku and Amari Cooper combine for over under eight and a half catches. Last week, Nijoku had one catch, and Cooper had three catches. I mentioned this as one of my keys, so over, under, eight and a half.
2: Over. I think the game plan is going to look a bit different
0: this week. They're going to get them involved. Right, over. Pass game's going to break out.
1: Yeah, yeah. I'm going to go over as well. I really want to see that Brissette to Nijoku combination more okay. than anything of I, course Cooper but David Njoku makes a lot of sense to me
0: I told you we're gonna be Jacoby Jabronis right after mm. this he ain't hey. no Lamar Jackson but he might break out this is the Jets
1: okay we'll see what happens last one I have for you before we get to our pickums. Chubb runs for over under 125 yards under because they got to keep him fresh
2: for
0: Thursday that is true I mean I say over unless it's Kareem, Kareem Hudson right yeah, yeah, Kareem Hunt and Drum. Four of the other backs active today. Oh, okay. I'll probably say under.
1: I have over. Last week, Chubb had 141 rushing yards, but the Jets have a better defense than the Panthers do. But I'm still going to go with the over. I think the game plan is going to be exactly what it was last week. Chubb is going to get the ball early and often. Now, it is time for our NFL Pick'em's Week 2 edition. Let's get right into it. Without further ado... The one o'clock matchups will start.
0: Patriots at Steelers. Marcus, go ahead. Oh, I got the Steelers. I think Bill Belichick lost. It. I think this might be the year he calls it quits. And I think I jumped the gun too early on Mac Jones. But the Steelers, they get the win.
2: My condolences to whoever has to watch this game because I think this game is. I don't know if an offensive touchdown could be scored. Can I predict the nine to nine tie? Can I put sure. my reputation – I pick a 9-9 nine to nine tie.
1: <laughs> yeah, 9-9 nine to nine tie. I'm going to go with the Patriots here. Neither team looked great in Week 1. I guess the Steelers did squeak by with that win. Their defense looked great in Week 1. I'll say yeah. that for the Steelers. Yeah, that looked really good. Um, but I think – I just think the Patriots are going to be able to find a way to win the game late in Pittsburgh. Next, Panthers at Giants. Oh, boy. Uh, I, I trust Brian Dable a lot.
2: It's at New York – I, I love to see the Saquon Barkley reemergence.
1: I'm I'm gonna pick the New York Giants, but I don't. I'm not confident in that. Yeah, should be a a close game, Marcus. What do you think?
0: Yeah, I'm picking the New York Giants. I'm- I don't wanna say the Giants are back yet, but mm. it was a great it Could was a be. good win no, against the Titans. I got the Giants. Because Saquon I, Barkley's back. Because I picked him, your boy your boy's gonna go off today. I just just because. Oh, just
2: because I picked the Giants. Yeah, I love it.
0: It's gonna be soon when I once I start putting on that kiss song saying New York Groove, it's gonna be so soon when I put that on. <laughs> oh boy.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's All right. Panthers-Giants, it's a game I will try to split-screen some way today, Um, but I think the Giants use a similar game plan as the Browns did in Week 1. Barkley is back, running all over teams right now. I have the Giants over the Panthers. Next, Colts at Jaguars. You know,
2: Frank Reich's never won in Jacksonville. I don't think that continues today. I'm gonna give I'm gonna, I'm gonna give the Jacksonville Jaguars the first one of the year.
1: Yeah, it's an AFC South matchup in a division where all teams are winless, even after the Colts and Texans <laughs> played each other last yes. week. <laughs> AFC South matchup right here, Colts Jags. Who do you like?
0: I got the Jacksonville Jaguars. I mean, they almost gave Washington a run for their money, and Mac Ryan's only—he's not old. He's not gonna have Michael Pittman today, yeah. But he has got to have John Vitale. But yeah, the Jaguars. Uh, quite got the Colts number. I got Jags. I like the
1: Jaguars' colors. I don't like their football team. I'm going with the Colts today on the road. Next up, Dolphins at Ravens. Potentially my hardest pick to make this week. Matt, who do you like? Oh, boy.
2: Mm, Give me the the Dolphins. I'm going to
0: do it. I'm going to do it. Give me the Dolphins. This is the game when the Dolphins prove to everyone that they're here and they're ready to make that big jump. So I got the Dolphins. Oh, boy.
1: I have more trust in Lamar Jackson than I do to Tagovailoa. I do too, but... And I'm going to go with the Ravens. I know his targets are suspect, but I just think the Ravens are going to find a way to win, especially since they're in Baltimore. I like the Ravens today against the Dolphins in a very close game. Next up, Commanders at Lions. I'll take Detroit.
0: Yeah, I'll take the Lions, just for for
1: sympathy reasons. Carson Wentz became the first player in NFL history with 300 passing yards and four touchdowns in a team debut. I really liked what I saw out of him in the Commanders last week. I'm going with the Commanders this week on the road in Detroit. Next up, Buccaneers at Saints. I'll take the Saints. Got the Saints. So in my notes, I have the Saints bolded, which means I'm picking the Saints, but I'm actually switching my pick to the Buccaneers because Alvin Kamara's out and because Jameis Winston is severely hurt, it sounds like. Four fractures in his back. Yeah, he's got
2: a bad Mm -hmm. back.
1: Yeah, that's not good to me. What What doctor allowed him to play? He just said, throw another pad on the back and he'll be fine. He'll be fine. Okay. Yeah, I like the Buccaneers here. You know, Tom Brady's. I don't think he's ever beat the Saints. He's always struggled against the Saints. In the
2: playoffs, he has beaten them. In the regular season, he has not. Okay, in the
1: regular season, he has not beaten the Saints. Um, But I like him to do that today because of what the Saints are going through right now in terms of injuries. Let's go to the 425 slate of games. First up, Seahawks at 49ers. I'm
2: going to take the San Francisco 49ers. I think this week Trey Lance puts last week's monsoon performance behind him and puts his off-the-field headlines behind him. This is the Trey Lance coming out party. Yeah, <laughs> right.
0: I got Yeah, I got the 49ers. Last week was just a uh, mishap. I mean, and then... The Seahawks not going to have Jamal Adams for the season once again. So it, things are going to be much easier for that offense. And the defense is going to be on the rampage today. Geno Smith, that was just a one week uh,
1: yeah. <laughs> wonder. So, yeah. <laughs> it was yeah. fun, I don't know if fluke wins really exist in professional sports, but certainly last week felt that way yeah. in the Broncos Seahawks game. I'm right there with you guys. I, the, I like the 49ers to bounce back in week two. Next up Rams hosting the Atlanta Falcons. I will take the Rams easy. Yeah, I got the Rams.
0: They got bounce back.
1: Yeah, right there with you guys. I have the Rams as well. Next up, Cardinals on the road taking on the Las Vegas Raiders.
0: The Raiders.
2: I'll
1: take the Raiders. Raiders as well, Marcus? Yes, sir. All right, I'm also taking the Raiders. Devontae Adams' grandparents are watching him play for the first time today in person. Oh, that's so sweet. That means Devontae Adams is about to go off today. Exactly. Yeah. That's
2: oh my. That's such a cool story. Like they not live near him as a kid, or
1: I don't know the entire story, but it is their first time watching Adams oh, live that's, in person. That's so wholesome. Give me and Raiders by thirty. Yeah. Raiders by thirty. The Cardinals secondary better be on watch out. The Raiders Absolutely. are coming to play today. Next up, Broncos hosting the Texans. Denver Broncos. I gotta take Denver. Broncos country. Let's get that first win. I agree. I like them winning today against the Texans. Bengals at Cowboys.
2: Oh, give me Cincinnati. Joe Shiesty versus Cooper Rush.
1: Who do you like in that
2: matchup? Uh, Cooper Rush.
1: I'm going with Cooper. No. Okay. That Bengals by a million. What do you think, Marcus?
0: Uh, I got the Bengals. Yeah, Trayvon Days. He ain't got none on J- Jamari Chase. So.
1: <laughs> Sunday Night Football, 8:20 p.m. kickoff time. Bears at Packers. Why does this have to be a primetime
2: game? The Packers are going to murder them. All right. This is my upset.
1: Maybe pick. not everybody what? has that yeah, take. The, the Bears.
0: The Bears. <laughs> Interesting. I, I really like Justin Fields. I'm really liking the progressions he's taken. I really like the steps he's taken towards development. I think oh, <laughs> Matt Eva Fluss is really already making improvements with Justin Fields and that new quarterback quarterback oh. coach of his, too. Bold, bold prediction. And then he he got... The same offensive coordinator Aaron Rodgers had.
1: (laughs) Oh boy. All right. I'm going with the Packers because Aaron Rodgers owns the Bears. What can I say? He owns the Bears, so I'm going with Green Bay here. But now it is time for our most important picks. It's weird. There are two Monday night football games this week for our Twitter pickems. We're going with Vikings, Eagles, but first we gotta predict Titans at Bills. I will take Buffalo
0: by a billion the Buffalo Bills. No one circled the wagons like the Buffalo Bills, as Chris Berman would say. Yeah,
1: I think the biggest question here is how many points will the Buffalo Bills score? Because I'm in agreement with you guys. I think the Bills win big on Monday nights. But the Monday night football that really matters to us here at WZIP Sports is Vikings at Eagles. Matt, I'll go to you first. See, Philly was number six in
2: my power rankings, so I'm going to take Philly over Minnesota.
1: Oh, I got the Minnesota Vikings. I'm going to go with the Eagles here. I think it's going to be really, really close. I know the Vikings are under a new system this year, but the Vikings are notorious for losing close games. So that's the way I'm going here. I think the Eagles win in a very contested close game on Monday night at home. And now, Jets at Browns. Cleveland Browns hosting the Jets for their home opener of the 2022 NFL season, kicking off in a matter of minutes.
0: Matt. Jets Browns Browns by a quarter billion. Yep, the Cleveland Browns. You better not screw this up either.
1: I'm going with the Browns as well. Do we have score predictions for that game?
0: A million to nothing.
1: (laughs) It's definitely going to
2: happen. No, a real, a real one. Um, thirty-one to sixteen.
1: I'll probably say twenty-one to nineteen. I'm going 24-12. I don't know if the Jets get in the end zone in this game. I have a lot of faith in the Browns' defense. And another pick-em, because we're not going to be on the air until next Sunday. Oh, yeah, you're right. And the Browns... Have a short week. They're playing Thursday night football. They host the Pittsburgh Steelers, an AFC North battle here. Thursday night. Steelers, Browns. Of course, we have to see how today plays out, but an early prediction from us guys.
2: I will be think? I will be there. I will be heckling the you know what out of
0: Pittsburgh. Browns by twenty. Okay. Marcus, Steelers, Browns, Thursday night football. There you know is a real possibility, but uh I got a feeling it's some kind of deja vu. The thing we have with Baker Mayfield, first first game against the Jets, so I think it's like Kenny Pickett might come in, so I got Steelers. Oh, <laughs> like, I got P- the Steelers. I will lose my
1: mind if Kenny Pickett comes in and wins the game for the Steelers in oh Cleveland. My. You are just
2: reeking of just Cleveland <laughs> negatives. We'll never like, hear oh it. My we'll never
1: hear the end of it from Pat.
2: Can you imagine? If Baby Hands comes in and just outduels this defense.
1: Yeah. I'm going with the Steelers, though, all things Ooh. considered. I know. I hate doing it, man. I really do. Um, TJ Watt being out is a big difference, but we'll see how that short week treats both of these teams here. And we'll see how today goes for both of these teams as well. All right, that will do it for the September 18th edition of Sports Power Talk. We talked about college football with the Akron Zips, Major League Baseball with the Guardians pennant race, answered your questions in hot mic, and talked about all things NFL with week two kicking off in a matter of moments. Any last thoughts on today's show, gentlemen? Jake, stop blaming my nephew for bad field designs and jersey designs. I'm sorry. We love you. I'm just kidding.
2: He's laughing about it, but just, Yeah.
0: Football on Amazon sucks. Thursday football sucks. Just take it off altogether. All right,
1: that's that's an interesting last take. As always, for more WZIP Sports content, you can listen, download, and share our two podcasts, SPT Rewind and SPT Overtime. Rewind for any part of today's show that you may have missed or want to listen to again. And Overtime for topics we usually don't cover on the air. Logan Congro put together a fantastic package of interviews last week for Akron Soccer, so I definitely recommend checking that out. Lastly, follow us on Twitter at WZIP Sports for NFL pick fantasy football scoreboards, s- sports updates, and so much more. Joining me on today's show were Matt Promuka, Marcus Anderson. My name is Jake Murren. With some football, be kind. And WZIP Sports will be back next week, same time and place, for more Sports Power Talk on 88.1 WZIP.